On this week's show, Kennington striker Gary Lockyer on his great form and firing his side into the next round of the Vars. We've always gone as an underdogs against teams like Erif, Fisher, and we seem to come up on top. Delight for Deal as they're spot on at Salt Dean. We're here from head coach Steve King. We knew how difficult it was going to be, but we've matched all of the top sides this year. So we, we didn't go there with any fear. But disappointment for the darts. Connor Essam speaks after their defeat at Eastbourne Borough. Got to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and go again. And welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Football's back, sort of. They're not back. Cancelled. Oh, is anyone still keeping count? Either way, we've got two FA Vars victors and a National South um, non-victor for you on this week's show. I'm John Phipps, a man who inadvertently got into an argument in MS with an idiot last week. And on the line now is a man whose Christmas may have been looking up for his beloved Dover to rearrange a game three days before. Matt Gerrard, how are you? Yeah, I did see that, which is, I suppose we've got to fit games in. So and I was thinking when it was cold yesterday, when I got into my car, the 22nd of December is going to be absolutely freezing against the Chesterfield side who now think they're winning the world, aren't they? So, um, yeah, but we'll look forward to it. We'll go. We'll get excited. Looking forward to it. Well, you're obviously you've got a game before that in the FA Trophy, uh, Matt. And the draw was released about three minutes ago uh, before we recorded this. You don't know, and I've asked you not to look. And there is a slot for it later on in the show. But I'm going to break the news to you right now because I saw the draw. I've only seen who Dover Athletic have got, I must admit. Uh, and I saw it while I was on the phone to Matt, and I was very excited. So, Matt, are you ready? Yep. In the FA Trophy, Dover Athletic will be away... Yeah. To Woking. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be pleased. Trip out, I suppose. <laughs> I'll take it everybody else's if or... Uh, no. <laughs> There's some if, ifs, ors and maybes in there, mate, yes. But, um, yes, I Anybody can confirm for you. Right, I haven't looked. The only one I've seen is yours. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to give you that news early rather than keep you hanging for a good half an hour or so, OK? Well, after they gave us a thumping 5-1 about two yep. games ago. Yeah. We go there again. Um, that's tier two, I suppose. There'll be crowds there. Yeah. Lots of people to watch. Your your game. Well, 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 we need it. Well, I, I thought we'd get Truro away, so they just withdraw. So, um, <laughs> um, woken away. Uh, how important is the competition? Minutes in legs. That's what I'm <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, so there's the big breaking news to start the show. We will discuss the rest of the draw later on in the show, but I was so excited I couldn't uh, couldn't keep that one uh, to later on in the show. Apart from that, everything all right, mate? Yeah, good. Yeah, it's what two two weeks to Christmas, is it? Two yeah, come up two yeah, It's coming up quick, isn't it? So yeah, we're just oh a bit tired, uh, plodding along, <laughs> mate. So standard, oh, yeah, standard stuff. One of us got in from Stamford Bridge at one o'clock, and the other one's just yawned, yawned on the podcast. I would, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been getting a bit early. How, how was your Chelsea? Are they going to win the Champions League? Uh, not the player they did last night, but it was like they made eleven, cha- ten changes last night. So it was very much a, uh, a, a was there second there? string there? team. Yeah, two thousand in there. Make much, um, well, make much noise. They didn't do too bad. Yeah, it was all right. It was uh, it was nice to see people in there and and applauding. The second game, of course, I've been to with fans this week, and we'll also discuss that later on in the show. Anyway, it's our 149th episode this week, and that led me down a little wormhole uh, about a British Airways flight in 1990. But with all the COVID stuff, this show is probably depressing enough without discussing that. Google it yourselves. This is an interactive show now. Let's just say I'm glad I didn't go on holiday to Kuala Lumpur with a stopover in Kuwait just a month before my ninth birthday. 149 is a prime number, a Chen prime, a strong prime, an irregular prime, an Eisenstein prime, and because one is also a prime number, it's an IMIP as well. Prime backwards, apparently. And people say maths is boring, eh? Anyway, on with the show, and let's start with another FA Vars upset for the scaffold. First division leaders, Kennington, with a perfect record in the league so far this season, travel to take on Glebe, ninth in the scaffold Premier Division. 
managed by Gary Alexander, and who had a good run in the Vars last season. But not this year, as the Ton in manager Dan Scores 200th game in charge secured a 2-0 win with the Gaffer's brother Tom opening the scoring before hotshot Gary Lockyer got the second. And on Monday, I caught up with Gary to discuss that win and his blistering form this season, starting by asking if he was delighted with Saturday's win. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've all worked really hard during the off-season. Uh, it's something Dan had put in place for us to carry on working with. We all worked during the first lockdown really, really well. And I know it's really competitive within our team. So I think we just believed a lot more than than what we do. So this year we've done that in most of our games. It's just a belief in their mentality that we've got. So we was going into that game as underdogs, but realistically in our minds thinking that we could definitely win it 100%. And obviously, it was the it was the gaffer's two hundredth game in charge as well, so the perfect present for him, I suppose. Yeah, of course. I've known I've known the scorers for a very long time now. I used to play with Tom in the youth at Kennerton when we were younger, so I've known Dan for a very long time. Obviously, he got cut short of his footballing career because uh, of injury, and he's done remarkable things at Kennerton. So it's, I'm glad for him, really. And talk me through the game. Obviously, Glebe have, have, have got a lot of good players in their team, but but you've you've kept them quiet and you've got two goals, including one for yourself. Oh, yeah, of course. Our, our back five have been immense this year. I believe we've only let in four goals all year, even including the cup competitions. So they've been great back there, including us up front. Uh, Glebe, we knew they were going to be tough. We knew they were going to be fit. Obviously, with Gary and... As their manager, he's going to have them very well drilled. But we've always gone as an underdogs against teams like Erif, Fisher, and we seem to come up on top. I think we've just got that belief as a team this year that we can do something. And what was your goal like? Yeah, not too bad. The defender made a mistake and uh, just put me through, really. And then I just had to compose myself and just slot it under him, really. I suppose some some strikers might say, oh, we had too much time to think about it. But a man with 10 league goals in six games is probably not something that you have to worry about too much. <laughs> no, not this year. Last year, I had a really bad year for goals. I think I only got 10 all year. So to match that before the second lockdown was great. I did set myself a target at 15 by Christmas. But obviously, with, with the uh, second lockdown, I'm one shy of it. So... Next week would be would be good to get that. Yeah, and obviously you've got Sutton Common Rovers at home in in the next round. Another tough tie, but what have you guys got to fear? Nothing, surely. No, I don't think we should fear anything at the minute. I think we go into every game believing it. I think we're all physically fit and mentally now, as in we're going into games thinking that we can win instead of thinking right they're unbeaten. We're gonna we're gonna get battered here but we're going into games thinking that we can win them and we got the belief to win them so we're going out there and believing that we can I suppose it's, it's really hard as well because what happens now are you still going to be training as normal or, or is it just because of the, the tier 3 situation is everything different no nothing's different really we're, we're allowed to train so we trained once before Glebe which I think Glebe did as well uh, obviously some were moaning about the preparation for it but you know, four weeks off, players should be sort of fit anyway, or at least doing a little bit in the off-season. It wasn't ideal for both clubs, but just have to get on with it now, don't we? So, we don't, we don't, we come in fit, so. Obviously, the Vars is, is what's making the headlines this week, but the main aim for you, and I spoke to Dan a few weeks ago, has got to be getting promotion this season, hasn't it? Yeah, of course. Everyone loves a cup run. But uh, when Kennet and when I joined Kennerton as they come up from the county league, uh, we finished third and only one point of promotion. And I think that was down to a little bit of inexperience, as in players in the squad have never played scaffold level. Uh, so we put that down as inexperience. And then obviously last season, we were sitting top. And I know a few had a couple of games in hand, but... We certainly believed that we would go on to get promoted with top four spots. But this year has definitely got to be our aim to definitely get promoted with still four four places for up to grabs. 
And obviously you've been around a few Kent clubs in, in your career. How much are you enjoying playing at Kennington? Oh, I really enjoy Kennington. Like I said, I started there as a youth player uh, and I'm pretty much likely to finish there now. Obviously being 28, last year I thought it was always going to be my last year, but obviously got myself really fit this year and I can see myself going on for another three, four, maybe five years before before I decide to... To retire you'll be a long time retired so at 28 i wouldn't be starting to think about it mate <laughs> yeah well i did last year obviously i put quite a lot of weight on back the back end of last season and uh, i just really decided to get myself fit and see what i could do and obviously it's paying off at the minute and obviously i guess just finally a successful season as we've already said is promotion a good run in the cup and and you're going to be wanting to get if you're aiming for 15 at christmas i'm guessing you're looking at 25 30 for the whole season yeah, I set I set myself 15 by Christmas and 30 by the end of the year. Uh, that would be great. But obviously, prom- uh, promotion and even winning the league would be my, my top aim. That's a really good result for Kellington, Matt. And they really seem to me to be a team and a club that's going places. Yeah, Gary Lockett, his name rings a bell. He said he was only like 28, didn't he? Yeah, like he used to be at Ramsgate and he had a trial at Crystal Palace when he was a youngster. He's played yeah, yeah. for Lid. He's been around. Yeah, but he's he's one of those goal scoring names, isn't he? So um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a good result against that. A Glebe was it a competition at Glebe? I suppose wanted to do well in uh, Gary Alexander done with his, with his history at Wembley. They've gone there and got a result. So yeah, Kennington are, are doing well. What maybe you know they made a little, you know, expected to do well in the division they're in, aren't they? I would have thought and carried that progress on. And players like Gary Lockyer. Who's probably played at a high level? I'm sure he's played at a high level. He definitely rings a bell with the name. That's a, that's a cracking result for them, and a competition they think they'll assume they'll take a lot more seriously than the, the other sides. But fair play to the other sides who got well, the other side who got through. Well, I remember speaking to to Dan Scorer and saying about you know testing yourselves at the higher level, and and they've had a few opportunities against that. But I really thought that Glebe might be a step too far for for them. But to go there and win that game two 0 as well. I mean, they're, they're two late goals. They've obviously played very well, and and then they've they've nicked it towards the end, and and it's a fantastic result for them. Oh, okay. I didn't see any of the scores. Very difficult to hold of the scores at the weekend, but I saw from there. I fancy Glebe to get through. Glebe. As I say, doing okay this season, but Kennington have gone there and got a really, really good result. Um, who do they get in the next round, John? You're going to tell me that now? I'm going to tell you that now. They are at home to Sutton Common Rovers. It was obviously in that interview as well, uh, which you've clearly not listened to. Um, I've, I've listened to some of it, but I forgot about that. I listened to it the other day. Yeah, they're at home to Sutton Common Rovers in the next round. So that will be a tough game for them uh, as well. But uh, what have they got to fear, as I said to him? Well, Sutton Common Rovers is one of the sides we come across again, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sure we somebody's had somebody of them again. Recurring so. villains, I think is yeah, the yeah. best way I, to describe them. Um, yeah, again, I, don't know, I presume their levels are allowed to play football, so they may have an advantage in in that. But nothing to lose. Um, it's a competition they're going to take seriously. So good luck to them in the next round. Yeah, I do just want to take Umbridge as well with uh, with Gary Lockyer there. I really enjoyed that interview. Nice chap, uh, very polite, very pleasant. I'm thinking about retiring. I am 28. I mean, come on, mate. You've got years left in you, surely. Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, when he said about retiring, I thought, because I, I thought oh, I must be 35. When he said he's 28, but no, I'm, I think make the most of it. As you said in that interview, which I did listen to, you're a long time <laughs> retired. So um, uh, on that basis, yeah, carry on. If you're enjoying your football and scoring goals, nothing better than scoring goals, is there? He wants that to continue. No, exactly. Well, you'd hope that he will he will keep banging them in and a fantastic start to the season for him because he's done he's done he's done really well. Ten goals in six league games. He said he was hoping fifteen before Christmas, but unfortunately, uh, the, the lockdown has changed his plans there. Yeah, so we don't know when when they will be playing again. Not till well they will play that game, but we don't know when they're well because we don't expect to be out of lock tier three, do we? So, um, I'm sure everything will get going for him again, but. Yeah, it's a good result. That's all I can really say from that. He was quite measured, wasn't he, I would say, in that interview. Is that the right way of saying it? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, too high, give... too low, one of them, was he? So, <laughs> no. seen it before. So, um, yeah, well, fair play to him. But I think they've got a real chance of, uh, of winning that league. And that is ultimately, as I've said to both him and Dan Scorer before, their aim is to get promoted this season. Oh, yeah, yeah well... 
I think it, if it gets completed, that that is their aim, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that they should be able to do that if with the players they've got and the management they've got. Absolutely. So the, the rest of the FA Vars then uh, on Saturday. Chatham Town also booked their spot in the next round with a 5-3 win over Hawley Town, while the rest of the ties involving Kent Clubs all went to penalties. Stansfeld beat AFC Hayes in their first round tie on Sunday, while in the second round on Saturday, there were two penalty exits and one penalty win. Sheppey United were the victims of an upset as they lost at Littlehampton after a thrilling 3-3 draw, while Corinthian were 2-0 up before two late goals for Hamworth Villa took it to spot kicks. And again, just as in last season's semi-final that was played this season, they missed out in the shootout. Jack Bath sent off in that game as well, and the word on the street is that Hamworth were a very good side. Uh, their two goals were scored by the sons of Paul Merson. Uh, incidentally, they will play Littlehampton next. So you don't need to be a genius to work out just what could have been uh, in the next round. But the side who did win on penalties are next on the show. Deal Town travelled to face Salt Dean in Sussex. And it was another spot of penalty joy in the Vars for them. And their reward is to face the team they beat on penalties last season in the next round. Here's head coach Steve King to explain all. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a really difficult time um, for everybody, really. I think that... Obviously, people's health had to come before football. Um, so to have a month off when we'd sort of got going in the season was difficult, um, especially with the limitations. But to be fair to the boys, um, they really looked after themselves. Um, although it wasn't ideal coming out of it for Saturday. Um, the, the boys did well, and considering the situation, we're delighted. Really, yeah. yeah. Again, do, could you have a, you had a training session beforehand? Can you can can you now train? Even though where we are, of course, it's tier three. Yeah, yeah, we can train. We can so we can do organised sport. We've got all the guidelines for that from the FA. Um, to be fair to the boys, we trained twice last week. Um, we trained on Wednesday night and on Thursday night um, to give ourselves the best possible chance for Saturday. Um, and yeah, we'll be obviously with the next round of the Vars now to look forward to. We'll be training um, over the next couple of midweeks in preparation for that. But during lockdown, I was lucky. I, I did a few one to one with a few of the boys. Um, because you're you're able to exercise with someone outside your household, so kept in touch and um, and did some work with some of the boys during that period as well. And yeah, we we are back to training as normal. Would they come back? You know, you know the, the days of players not being fit have probably even you know the level you play at is long gone. People like to keep themselves fit, so you didn't have any qualms about people coming back. You know, not particularly fit. No, to be fair, we weigh them all and we do all the fitness measurements with them quite regularly anyway. And to be fair to the squad, I think every single player um, come back in at least as good shape, if not better than when we finished. Um, I think the boys look after themselves now. Obviously, people have a bit of extra time during lockdown to get out running and, and things like that. And we didn't have a player over the age of 30 in the squad on Saturday. So when you've got a young squad as well, um, that are naturally quite fit. It hasn't hurt us too much, to be honest. Yeah, Salt Dean. I think they're, I think they're unbeaten, weren't they, in their league um, down in Sussex? So tell us a bit about the game. Penalties again. That's uh, you seem to be the penalty kings your side as well, winning on pens. Yeah, well, we did. Obviously, we lost in the FA Cup and chips then, so uh, we we were due this one. Um, yeah, Salt Dean. They're, they're a really strong side. Um, they've, they've brought a lot of players in from sort of Ryman level, the level above ex Horsham, Haywards Heath, Chichester. Um, I think they signed a couple of dual reg for the game as well, with the leagues above not having started. Um, so we knew how difficult it was going to be, but we've matched we've matched all of the top sides this year. Um, so we, we didn't go there with any fear. They were the better side first half, um, but we took the lead on the counter-attack, um, conceded just before half-time, which was a bit frustrating. Um, second half, we were a lot better. I thought it was a very even game. We created some good chances. We scored with about 10 minutes left, I think. Um, and then unfortunately conceded a, a, an equaliser from a corner, which is very rare for us, um, in added on time. Um, obviously, it went to the lottery of the penalties um, and they missed the target three times. So uh, James Tonkin usually loves saving them. He didn't really have much to do um, on this one. And uh, yeah, we scored ours. So delighted to go through, really, even though he was a little bit disappointed that we didn't win it in 90 minutes because we probably should have done in the end. Again, you've been, as I say, you've had a few penalty shootouts recently. Does that, does, is it a lottery or do you use that experience of winning and losing to do it from there? Or how do, how do you, as a coach, what do you say to the players? To be honest, I think it's a lottery. Um, we do as much homework as we can. So we knew about a couple of their penalty takers from having taken them earlier in the season. 
Um, but we didn't prepare any differently this week for what we did with the Chipstead one, for how we did for the two we won last year. Um, I think it's just the players that are stepping up on the day, um, taking taking their chances. And I think across my career in senior football now, I think it's about 50-50. Right. Um, I think I've probably been involved in six now, and I think one three and lost three. Um, so as much as you try and prepare, our main penalty taker, Maka Murray, come off, you can't. We had other players who would normally take them who weren't available. Um, so you, you just you just get to that stage of the game. And obviously, we, we've got a benefit. We've got a goalkeeper who loves penalty shootouts and um, often makes a lot of good saves. But I wouldn't like to say we do anything special for them. I think it's, it's just luck of the draw. The draw has just been made for them. And you've got Binfield, a side who you beat in um, the penalty shootout after a draw at the Charles Ground last time. So... You'll know a bit about them. So, are you happy with that draw? Or would you want to play somebody a bit different? Um, I'm happy we're at home. Mm. Um, I think with obviously the lockdown restrictions, we, we like to get ourselves properly prepared. So, that's going to be a real issue with us being in tier three, not being able to travel. Um, so, we know pretty much everything about Binfield. Um, we had two really close games against them last year. Um, so, in that respect, I'm quite happy. I spoke to their manager from last year, Roger, last night. Um, via text and just said it's probably written in the stars we'll draw each other again um, so that's obviously that's come out today would have been nice to have played somebody else but to be fair we were desperate to avoid Chatham um, and really the, the other side of Kennington um, we wanted to play somebody different and we wanted to be at home so yeah I, I can't complain but we're under absolutely no illusion Binfield are a really strong side um, and we could have to be at our best to get through Again, I don't know if Bar- it's Berkshire Benfield, and I think so. Again, does it them? I don't know. If they're probably not a tier three. Does it make any differences for you? That can all go ahead without any issues. Them coming um, yeah, into a the three. Only, the only issue is, is obviously that if uh, if we're still in tier tier, tier three, sorry, um, on the nineteenth when it's I think it's due to be reviewed on the sixteenth, we'll have to play behind closed doors. Right. Um, so that's going to be a strange atmosphere at the ground. Obviously, with nobody there. Yeah. Um, but. We've got home comforts, they've got to travel, um, so obviously we'd much prefer to be at home than, than we would be away. Mm. And again, talking about the, the league, you know, it's going to be reviewed at Christmas time. You think it was the correct decision for the scaffold to keep delaying it? They seem to be um, on top of the ball, the scaffold, from what, what we can see. Yeah, I can't fault scaffold. I, I ultimately, there is no clear and correct decision at the minute of what to do. Um, we're trying to balance getting on with football with keeping everybody safe um, and it's we've been suffered certainly before this first lockdown it didn't really have any effect on us where we were I think we were some of the lowest rates in the country um, it's now affected us we had a couple of boys out Saturday because they were either self-isolating or had tested positive I think we had four or five players in the squad affected now so I can't really whinge at Scaffold. I think they've done the right thing. And also at our level, it's just not sustainable for us to um, survive without crowds. And all the while we're in tier three and we can't move to other households anywhere. I don't think it's realistic that we start having crowds of 150, 200 at, at games as much as we'd like that. You know, we know where we are. Is it a concern to you if we're staying in tier three, when you'll be starting again? Because, you know, you hear various things that... Kent could be staying at least until the middle of January or even beyond. Is that a concern for you, what the league would do? It's a concern, but it's not really a controllable for us at the minute. So um, I think what will what will be will be we've got a fair number of games played so far. I've seen things being muted about the season being extended. Um, all I hope is that this year that we, we get to a conclusion. Mm. Um, I think it will be, I don't think anyone's going to want two seasons that are null and void. We've got a lot of, I think most people know Scaffold is getting more and more stacked to the top end with good clubs. Um, and it would be nice to get a couple of them promoted out, to be honest. Yeah. And talk about the Vars. I was, again, since I said last week, the Vars hasn't completed last year, um, uh, this year. For you, it's a priority. And I said, maybe I was a bit off on the other side, saying it wasn't a priority for them. Do you think it is? For you, is it more of a priority than the league? It, yeah, I think I think the Vars is always a priority for a club like ours. One, because of the history in it. I think people always look at us um, until the monkey gets taken off our back and another Kent side wins it. 
um, will always be associated with it. And until we're in a position as a club to challenge for the scaffold title, which we're not this season, especially with no Kent Senior Trophy, no League Cup, it's it's a massive thing for us, really. It's it's our competitive season. Yes, we want to do as well as we can in the league. We want to finish as high as we can. But it's our only real chance of those massive days out. So, yeah, I would say I can't comment on how important it is for other clubs that go for the title. But I know for us, it's really, really important. Good man, Steve King. Good talk, a good interview. All good. And a good result for Deal as well. And, and you can hear, Matt, just how much this competition means to them. Yeah, and I was pretty critical of it last week on nine that the sides in here. But he, and he said in that interview, it's a competition that they want to do well in. They're not going to win the league, he admits. Um, and, it's, and they've had a bit of taste, haven't they? Getting where did they get fourth round last year? Was it probably is a couple of rounds longer from that? Probably it was probably about February, wasn't it? So I think um, it's a competition they want to do well in. They're doing stuff well off the pitch, you know, continue to train, and, and they'll be looking. I see they've got a, a, a behind the behind closed doors friendly against Herne Bay, I think it is, or Whitstable, one of these this weekend. So they're doing that, taking it seriously before they get. Again, both sides know each other pretty well, so it should be a good time. You would have thought there might be a bit of revenge for the visitors on their cards because that's what they did last season. But is it a good thing playing them? Probably is because he knows a little bit about them. But I think when you get to this level, you want to try yourself and get pit against something a little bit different. But we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Steve King's doing a really good job and Dealer, um, one of the ones who did really well in lockdown, helping the community out. And I think they were rewarded with the crowds they were getting, weren't they? So. Yeah, it sounds like it was, a, it was a really tough game for them uh, on Saturday, uh, and a good result against a side who were in who, who had had a really yeah, good yeah, start yeah. Of the season. Yeah, I, I, it was a bit of a trek down that way, isn't it? As well, so it's not the easiest place to get to, especially not um, from Deal. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, I think it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a good result. I think it's a competition, as he said. They've got history in it, and always people are going to look at them when they're doing well because they've won the competition. So um, maybe that puts gives them a little bit of extra spark, and probably I'm sure management team keeps saying to this we've won this before can we go and win it again so it could be an open competition this year because we don't know how many other sides if they're playing leagues are going to take it that seriously so but still we'll take every game seriously and fingers crossed for the next round yeah and I thought as well uh, it was very interesting when he was talking about the difficulties of the lockdown and, and the situation that, that you're all in in Kent uh, saying you know about the the balance between football and keeping everybody safe yeah you know it, it, it's just a podcast here, but the most important thing is keeping safe. I think the, the rates in Kent, Northern Kent, North Kent are coming up pretty high still. So I think the decisions are right being made. I don't expect to be reduced from tier two next week or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, the most important thing is that we can get rid of this. The vaccines have come out. Um, and I hope well, the some sort of normality. Uh, that? Well, I've never heard of, well, I've heard of them. Are they one of your favourites? Yeah, they're not one of my favourites. They're quite good, though. All right, no, so no. Well, going back onto that, changing the subject, how chuffed they must have been to find William Shakespeare. I know. Oh, they, all they needed was Florence Nightingale to work at a hospital somewhere up north. <laughs> yeah. They'd have been well Which... away, but they, they'd been searching for that, but they didn't get all that. But no, <laughs> back to reality, yeah, the most important thing, yeah, it's not going away, even, even though the vaccine has come out, is it? So um, just have to plod on regardless. And um, yeah, there is some things more important than football. Yeah, but obviously we do have to put the football uh, first here. And Steve King as well did say, you know, there are issues of, of travel. And, and obviously we don't know on the 19th of December if that game's going to be allowed to be played in front of fans, which is a, a big well, blow for deal. I can't believe it's going to be unless they open up different areas of Kent. But that's probably opening up a real bag of tricks if you do that. So uh, I think we're going on the basis, particularly the people in Kent, that it's not going to be uh, there. But they'll just have to get on with it and... Different, different. You know, you know, they've got some good supporters down there. So uh, the only thing you'll be able to hear is if if Steve King on top of his stand, there where he goes, you'll be you'll be able to hear him shouting there in front of that. So I don't know if the players will take much notice of them because he, he's quite loud when there's a crowd in. With no crowd in, shouting orders, it'll be quite interesting. Absolutely. Well, Stansfeld now face Flackwell Heath this Saturday uh, in the second round. Uh, again at home, there were 223 people there on Sunday, so I'm sure they want more of the same against the side from the Hellenic League Premier Division. They caused an upset on Sunday, so why not again? The winners of that tie will face Chatham Town away in round three on December the 19th. And we'll obviously discuss those three fixtures for our teams on next week's Kent Nonley podcast. 
Let's have a quick chat about the Isthmian League now then, where after some delay, which led to poor Ian, the media man, getting some online pelters, it was confirmed that the league season is now paused until January. With all the leagues at those levels coming under one banner, there was a large scale vote. And in the end, 172 of the 224 clubs across the country voted to keep it on pause. Surprisingly, the closest vote was in the Isthmian League, where 33 clubs wanted to get the fixtures played to 47 against. That's almost two thirds of those who voted in favour of restarting being in the Isthmian League, despite there being many clubs in Tier 3 Kent, which I thought was interesting. In a statement that the three leagues said it is intended that the situation is kept under review in line with government review on the tier allocations and restrictions. Accordingly, the next review is set for the 16th of December and then the 30th of December. It is the hope that all of the leagues uh, can that a date in January can be set for return to fixtures with clubs who wish being allowed to play before that date. But this will not be until there is a change in the tiers and or some progress in the funding of clubs at this level. The government has allocated £25 million to Sports England to fund steps one to six of the National League system, which £14 million is set for steps three to six, which is heavily weighted in favour of loans rather than grants. The FA is working tirelessly with DCMS and Sport England to have the funding presented presented as grants. However, these negotiations take time. It's not expected to have an answer or clarification of details of even the loans until mid-January. The deep concern for all involved in the National League system is that circumstances may mean it's not possible to conclude the current form of the competition in a manner in which promotion and relegation can be achieved throughout the whole pyramid, with step two being brought up to 48 clubs and step four being brought up to 240. Obviously, those grand plans were uh, put on hold last season. Uh, if therefore this statement continues, no progress is made by the government on the tiers in either of the two December reviews. It is the intention of the Alliance Committee to circulate those concerned with a survey to gather views of clubs as to how best finish the season. Options will include an alternative format competition and extending the season possibly into June. However, the implications of all such proposals will involve the cost of players' contracts and the ability of some clubs to continue playing because of other issues of grounds and the need to prepare grass pitches for the following season. The leagues are mindful of the needs of all clubs and are striving to find a solution which is fair to all. Uh, do you think they've made the right decision, Matt? I'm surprised. You are, if it's all under the same umbrella... It's the right decision. I think I was quite surprised what you said about the number of um, Ryman clubs you wanted to carry on. Um, I suppose maybe, you know, the Sussex and people there and there's not much um, case thinks it can be. So you can't believe there's going to be football this month, is there, in this division? Because it'd be very, you know. I think that's what they said. There definitely won't be any in January, until yeah. January. Yeah, yeah, so they'd have to work it out. Um, I think teams can train together. So maybe the 9th of January, is it? I think there may be... A, could be that go again but it's arranging everything it's uh, i think it's probably the right decision clubs can't play behind closed doors as we know from a lot of things the, the financing hopefully the financing can be sorted out and we can go from there but from a kemp point of view um you can see why i think margate put out a statement saying it just wasn't viable as we say they had to pull out the trophy um so uh, as I say, it's not going away anywhere too soon, is it? So, um, no, I mean, the, the, it's talking generally about the virus, I, I did read earlier that even with the vaccination, it's likely to be a year that we're all going to still be having to wear masks in places. So, to, to assume that everything's going to be hunky dory whenever whenever this vaccine is, is being rolled out is, is very naive, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I think exactly. from my point of view, we're probably not going to get it. What, maybe April or something like that? So, and and well, I'm, I'm actually further down the list than you are, mate. So, yeah, you know. so right, yeah. semi-professional footballers are going to be out there. So <laughs> I think the, 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 even further down the list, I would have thought that the, the main thing is that if the funding's got to come across now, hasn't it? To say, right, yeah, here's the funding that these clubs can survive. Because I don't, I don't think they will play without closed doors. And for Kent, somebody said that it could be to the middle of January, we could be in tier three. So, um you've got to be concerned about our Kent clubs actually playing then really, to be honest, unless they play yeah, games away from home or that's again, then they're going in different tiers. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be the longest ever season or they've got to make a decision by some point of how to sort this out really. But um, it, it's, it is a bizarre one. And, and I note the, the end of that statement uh, particularly uh, with where the phrase is used options will include an alternative format competition 
Now, what do you think that might mean? Because they obviously want to fill up these, to fill these promotion places. They want to get these leagues back to a level footing. Obviously, we've got an uneven number of teams uh, in a couple of divisions up the top. So there's a lot of promotion places up for grabs this season. But what would an alternative format competition mean? Would they say, would they possibly, and this is me making this up on the hoof, I've not thought of this before, could there be a possibility that some of these teams or in the, they get hold of teams in the Isthmian Premier and say to them, do you think you can afford to play National League South football next season? If you do, we'll put you in a mini league. Do, do you think that might be the sort of thing they're talking about? I mean, I thought maybe they would go into right in areas and have play. So, you know, I suppose it's difficult. So Margate and Folkestone would be in a thing, but then a league, on the, a league of their own. Their own. Yeah. Um, I suppose with the Rymans or the board of it's called South, it might be a little bit easier because it's closer proximity. Um, the thing is, on that, you're never going to, you're never going to accept, make people happy, are you? It's going to be, people will be saying on this. See, my just my thought is there must there must be teams now, there must be clubs now, and there there may be people from clubs now who are listening to this show. And if you do want to get in touch, you can even get in touch anonymously with us. But there must be some clubs in the Eastman League Southeast that are thinking. Let's just get through this season. We've got no intention now of getting promoted. We don't want to get promoted because we don't know how things are going to stand next season. We'd be quite happy to just finish this season 12th. Now, I would wonder what would be the value of those. Of, if there is a, if the, if it continues like this, if it continues being serious, if it continues with behind closed doors, and these clubs have got a choice of pulling out of the league for the rest of the season or playing behind closed doors. I wonder if there might be clubs who will pull out of leagues because we've seen it already with clubs elsewhere who have longer journeys like uh, Guernsey did it right at the start of the season. Isle of Man have done it now. I just wonder if they might, if it might just make sense. This is exceptional circumstances for clubs, for the league to get in touch with clubs and say, be honest with us. Do you want to be promoted? And anyone who says, yes, we want to be promoted gets the chance. And anyone who says, no, do you know what? We're all right. Doesn't get that opportunity. And I think that might, that might end up being the way it's done. So it could be an eight team league then. So you, will you, so all the results have gone before you probably null and void then, would you? Well, I think they might have to look within a, I mean, I, I would imagine, you know, <laughs> the, the only problem to this sort of sticking, this thing I've just invented off the top of my head uh, hypothetically would be, say, someone who's at the foot of the table in the Isthmian League Premier Division, say, Merston, they are bottom of the league, saying, yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd quite fancy it, and then chucking loads of money at it. And and, and that's just hypothetical, nothing against Merston. But, the, you know, that could be an issue that might need... Right, I suppose you could look third from bottom of the table where you find Margate. Would, but would Margate want to get promoted? I don't know, but they could say, yes, we'd like to really throw some money at it and, and end up getting promoted. So there would have to be some sort of concession. Mm, yeah. Maybe just say the top six teams who apply or something go in the league. But I don't know. I just, I just don't, I, I hope it doesn't come to it. That's, that's my main hope. I hope it doesn't come to it. Yeah. Uh, if it, it's, it's a real, I, mean, I presume they've, Certain clubs, if you said if you ended it now and these teams at the top would be promoted, that's probably have issues as well. So, yeah, it's, it's we, we know we had, we've, had, we've had this conversation for nine months, mate, now to be honest. I know my head's hurting, so um, yep. But again, I, I, I'm sure Margate, talking about Margate local, they don't want to play behind closed doors. Um, you know, the finances will be an issue. Um, yeah, where do they go from here if they would if right, we're withdrawing from the league, but. We can play maybe friendlies or whatever, but we're not going to lose our place in the division. Maybe that's some way to go. We shall see what happens. As Matt's mentioned there, Margate decided to pull out of the FA Trophy because of the ongoing restrictions, meaning that Burgess Hill Town uh, received a walkover. But Cray Wanderers did play on Tuesday night and they won 3-1 at Uxbridge, with the home side having a penalty superbly saved by Lewis Carey. And you'll all be glad to know that a month off hasn't affected goal machine Joe Taylor, who scored twice in that win. Uh, the draw for the next two rounds, as we've already said, was released just as we started recording the show. 
So I can now bring you the FA Trophy second round draw where the National League South teams come into the competition. Uh, Cray's reward for that win is a trip to St Albans. Having already beaten them in the league and the cup this season, uh, Slough Town is the destination for Dartford. Uh, it's Welling United <laughs> against Oxford City. Maidstone United are at home to Paul. Ebbsfleet United are at home to Chippenham. I'm sure they've played as well already this season. Uh, and FA Cup. FA Cup. Uh, is that the one they lost on penalties? Yeah. Excellent. And uh, Tunbridge Angels will be at home to AFC Hornchurch. Uh, in the third round, which is then played the following Saturday. So there's fixtures on Tuesday and then straight into the next round on Saturday. So the winners of the Slough against Dartford game will be at home to Harringay Borough or Eastbourne Borough. Uh, Welling United or Oxford will be at home to either Concord Rangers or Truro City. Maidstone or Paul will be at home to either Froome or Hampton Richmond Borough. Ebbsfleet United, should they beat Chippenham, will face a trip to face their former manager, Daryl McMahon and Dagenham and Redbridge. St Albans or Cray Wanderers will be at home to Sutton United. And Tunbridge Angels, if they win, will have a trip to either Dulwich Hamlet or Chessant. And the other teams uh, from the National League, obviously, are put into the draw. We've already heard the fantastic news uh, that... Dover Athletic have been drawn away to Woking and Bromley finalists in this competition in 2018 are at home to either Corinthian Casuals or Hemel Hempstead. Uh, So a lot for you to take in there, Matt. You've literally just learnt that. Uh, What stands out for you in those ties? Why are they rushing it? That's one of the first things they're doing (laughs) just to fix these in. So um, nice trip to Chippenham to Ebsleet on a Tuesday again. No, they're at home. Um, Chippenham at home. Fleet are at home. Oh, right. That's a nice trip to Chippenham though, isn't it? Ridiculous. Fortunately, um, yeah, lovely journey. So, what happened again? What about um, uh, what was Dagenham and Redbridge? Yeah, absolutely want to beat them. Plum come against Dal McMahon. I suppose that's the that's the main coming out of that. Cray Wanderers could play against was it Sutton? So that's a decent tie for them to put on there. But it probably have to be on a Sunday because Bromley, I think, were at home, weren't they? Said so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know why they're rushing it. To be honest, I know they had to fit in the nineteenth, which I appreciate, but they seem to be rushing it. What happens if you know, there's frost at absolutely chipping and that's off. And you're just going on and on. It seems ridiculous to rush this, but I suppose fixture's got to be done, especially as they haven't got it from there. So um, I, I'd probably go to Woking. So, um, and what am I expecting? Um, it to be cold. Well, they scored five um, last time. Well, this day we're going to be super fit now after this break, you see. Um, and we're going, um, it's, again, if we win, it's a bonus. If we lose, concentrate on the league. There you go. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the Slough Dartford game obviously is a, a big oh, one. That'll be the, what, the fourth time they've met in six months. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It just seems to be rushed. Too rushed. Too rushed. This competition. You could have pushed it back a little bit, and then said to yourself, right, rearrange something for the nineteenth if you want to. Are they still planning on doing two-legged semi-finals in this competition this year? God no. I really hope they're not, because they could have just that that was definitely one way they could have pushed it back a bit, couldn't they? Is this is this they didn't do it last time, did they? Didn't do no last year didn't do. Is this? I say this is not extra time and penalties. It's just it's just penalties. I assume so. Yeah. Do you know what? I've I've not been paying too much attention to this competition since the the entire South East Division got knocked out in. In, uh, in no time whatsoever. So, you know, it's one of those. Uh, but, um, so, um, yeah, we'll see. What it is what it is. We'll, we'll, I'll look forward to travelling to Woking. Yes, I'm sure Woking will look forward to welcoming you uh, to go and visit them. Uh, there is still football in the National League, of course, and supporters were allowed in for the first time on Saturday, as long as you aren't in Kent, of course. Bromley, officially being a London borough, have dodged the Tier 3 bullet, but it was disappointment for the first supporters to see them at Hayes Lane this season. Of course, Cray Wanderers were allowed fans all along at the same stadium, uh, as they were beaten 2-0 by Stockport. And there was not much joy on Tuesday night either, as they lost 2-1 to Yeovil, who started the night at bottom of the table. And if you listen to last week's show, you'll know who is now propping up the rest. Uh, strongest team in the division, right, Matt? Yeah, you'd have thought Yeovil came good. Disappointing. Oh, you know, I picked up Tum- uh, Bromley last week, didn't I? Saying that we thought they would, you know, need to sort their home form out. They do need to sort the home for that. You did say that last week, and, and it's yeah, kind of been proven this week. Yeah, yes. Yeah, disappointing. 
couple of results, really. There, you know, Stockport, I think, are a good side and probably going to be one of the sides who are going to win this division. Um, or I think they'll be up there top. If you come up Stockport, you've probably got a good chance. And Yeovil, you expect the Oval to get better. Um, I expected David to go bottom of the league, but I fancied Bromley to cause a bit of problem there. But that's disappointing. They've sort the home form out. Otherwise, normally they've been good at home, I think, Bromley, but the way form is good. But that's disappointing, really. I think Neil, Neil Smith will be really disappointed. Chance for six points in front of the, the fans as well. And they've, they've come away with none. Yes, a, a real frustration. But looking at that league table, Matt, and uh, and what's happened, I, I did I'm not just looking mention... at it anymore. Well, no, but I'm going to give you a crumb of comfort because if you win the th- up to three games in hand you now have on teams above you, you you'll be 17th, mate. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I did look at the league and, th- and I've gone through, yeah, we, yeah if we win that. It, it, if everybody won the, every game to the end of the season, we would survive, I think. Right. But you know what I mean? To, to be fair, if Dover won every game between now and the end of the season, they w- they might even get promoted. Yeah, so but, but it doesn't matter about anybody else on this now because we'll have some teams we'll have six games in hand. It doesn't matter. We just got to win matches, isn't it? it? Doesn't matter what anybody else has. If we don't yeah. win matches, we're going down. So logical. That's my um, team talk to the boys. Got to win <laughs> matches, otherwise you're going down. Don't worry about the league. Doesn't make any difference, does it? For the minute, if we keep losing, we're going down because we're bottom. Exactly. And obviously games this week have all been called off because of that, uh, that COVID test. So you were supposed to be at Wrexham on Saturday and away at Wheelstone on Tuesday. Um, so it's just a matter of, of, of waiting for Dover and, and work, working on the training ground, I suppose. Yeah, I presume I think I've read somewhere that they've got to have another test because there are a few players who've got it. So hopefully it's gone. I looked at the fixtures and I think they've got to play like 14 games in January and February. Ouch. So, and, and of course, Crabble be well known for being warm in the uh, in those yeah. in those months. So I think all, every every week in January and February, there's a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So we've got to win matches. So if you don't, we're going <laughs> down. So I don't know what else to say really. Probably first of January when we come back the first part of the new year, we might have played some league games. If we've lost all three, we could probably kiss it goodbye. But if we pick up some points, I'll be like, come on. That's un- that would be most unlike you to uh, to change your mood depending on Dover's latest result. Internationally south now, or on Saturday I saw Dartford in action as fans returned to Eastbourne. But unlike at Bromley, the home fans were able to celebrate as Borough won 3-1. Not great news for Dartford, of course. And after the game, I spoke to defender Connor Essam. Yeah, we're gutted to lose the game. Um, the first half we wasn't quite at it, but we knew if we stayed in the game, the conditions were difficult. Obviously, the wind was the wind was difficult, so we knew if we stayed in the game, was in the game at half time, we could we could go and press second half, and we got the goal, outstanding goal, and then um, we should have pushed on from there and, and gone on to win the game, but we wasn't quite good enough defensively today um, in both boxes. Actually, we had our chances, um, and we give give goals too easy away. So if you do that, you don't you're not going to win football matches. It looked like uh, when you did score a goal, there was only going to be one winner for a little bit, little period. You had a, you had a chance. And you, did you get the touch on that header? Yeah, I, I headed it, and it sort of knocked down, and it was a bit of a scramble. But they defended well, to be fair to them. But we've got, to, like I said, we've got to be better with our chances. We've had again five or six very good chances. Um, and if you don't if you don't score goals, then goals change games, don't they? So it's going to be an uphill battle for us so yeah it was one of those games that we wasn't we wasn't quite ourselves we need to be better we need to we know that we need to lift our game but it's not the end of the world it's one game and we pick ourselves up and we go again tough place to come this especially in, in these conditions yeah it's, it's always seems to be windy here for some reason but uh, yeah the wind's difficult and obviously the, the artificial pitch and, and they're a decent side they've got some good players they've started well this season so we knew it was going to be a tough game but if we was if we was on it as we should have been then and we should have got something out of the game so we're disappointed with ourselves. We're we're gutted. Obviously, we wanted to wanted to keep that cushion at the top, but we can't can't mope about. We've got to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and go again. Obviously, Chris Weltdale, you know from Gillingham, scoring the winning goal as well. Oh, the second, this crucial second goal. Yeah, um, just nipped in and, and scored, didn't he? Yeah, he's look, he's a good player. Welps has got very good quality. We knew that before the game. Gaffer said he's sort of their key player. He's he's a very good player, and we sort of let the cross in a bit too easily, and then then Welps got across the lads in the middle. So but we knew they had quality. Obviously, got. Dale Cox and, and Lua and a few different ones we knew they had quality but they're a, they're a very hard working side a very together side so we, we knew it was going to be tough and, and they probably in fairness they probably deserved it more than us today 
fans back in today obviously none of your own yeah. but was it nice to, to see people in the stands uh, yes and no um, uh, yeah it, it'll be nice if we could get our fans as well obviously if it was level across the board then then it would be nice it's nice to obviously get back to some sort of normality um, hopefully we're sort of over the worst of it now and yeah get back to something but yeah we want fans as well so let's see if that changes in the, in the near future and at the moment you've got no league games for three weeks yeah. uh, I know you got, might have a trophy but just a chance to sort of regroup I guess and recharge the batteries yeah and that's what makes it even more disappointing that we haven't got a chance to uh, put it right in the in the next couple of days but we would like to obviously a Tuesday game or a Saturday game so we can sort of react to that but yeah we've got a, a little bit of a break now it's obviously been quite full on the start of the season so a little bit of a break and, and we'll pull ourselves together get on the training ground and, and be back ready for the next game Frustration uh, for Dartford and it was a funny game because as I said to him there when Dartford equalised I was convinced Dartford would go on and win the game but they just got caught out by, by two goals at the end He's- is that your first view of Dartford this season? You've seen Ebsleet play against Haste, uh, against Eastbourne. Mm. What would you? Who would you say was the better team? Eastbourne. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, on Saturday, on it was really frustrating on Saturday's performance because Dartford, you could tell they're a good side. You, they they just looked good, but then so did Ebsleet uh, when they played at Eastbourne. Um, but they they missed chances and and the wealth of striking options they've got you can un- who was the main protagonist missing chances well Steve King said Dixon should have had a hat-trick in the first half um, and he, he was denied a couple of times by the goalkeeper um, but they just couldn't seem to fashion the openings and I think I'd, as I said when I saw Eastbourne against uh, Ebbsfleet that they're a side who are happy to sort of sit back and make make it hard for teams to play against them. And that's exactly what they did. They they cut out the the threat of Dartford before it really got to the penalty area. So I guess maybe they just needed a bit more oomph on, on the flanks, possibly. I mean, you can look at it and say the strikers didn't do enough. And I'm, I've got to be honest, and I don't like to, to really criticise players, but Alfie Pavey will surely be disappointed with his performance on Saturday because he, he was hardly in the game. And we both know what a very good striker Alfie, Alfie Pavey is on his day. Saturday just wasn't his day. And it he really needed to, to make something happen and, and nothing happened for him all night. I don't think he had a touch in the opposing penalty area. And, and that was disappointing for him. And Jack Barham came on to replace him and, and he didn't really get much of a look in. Elliot Remain came on late on as well. And, you know, that four fantastic strikers playing at various points and they just couldn't seem to to find the the, the way to goal and, and it says it all that the goal that they did score which was an excellent goal was scored by a midfielder so something just didn't click for those strikers and, and Steve King who I also spoke to you said you know we we should have we didn't take our chances we've got to take our chances but in the second half did they really create that many chances no they didn't and the frustration will be for Dartford when they when they equalized to make it 1-1, they never really kicked on. And even though they did have a, a couple off the line, Conor Essam obviously spoke about that chance uh, that he had, even when it was 2-1 with, with five minutes to go, it's one of those things where you're expecting the Alamo, as, as they would say. You're expecting all the men forward. Expect, and it just never happened. You know, you're expecting there to be dodgy moments at the back. And, and there really weren't for Eastbourne. And that they were just clinical on the break, Eastbourne. And, and if anything, they showed Dartford what you've got to do. Take your chances. And I must just say, from an Eastbourne point of view, I was really impressed by the young man, Charlie Kendall, uh, who played up front for them. He's certainly a name to keep an eye on. He's an Eastbourne lad. Uh, who got picked up by QPR as, as a youngster and is back on loan um, at Priory Lane at the moment. And I thought he was excellent. He scored one, made one, genuine threat all the way through. And in in him, Lua, Welpdale, Walker, Dean Cox, they've got threats. So it, it's no disgrace in losing to Eastbourne at all. They're a very good side this season. They're in the playoff places and they will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. But you just look at it and think, Dartford will know they they should have done better. They should have created more. And when they did get the chances, they got to take them. I presume he's not happy with his strikers. I don't know the strikers he's had this season. Steve King and he's mixed and matched. Chris Dixon came in, did well on his debut. He's got Pavian on loan. He's got Barham. He's got Remain. So he's got to find that. And he's let Sheringham go, hasn't he, to, to Chelmsford. So he's, he's got to, to find, find the right partnership up yeah, front. And, yeah, exactly. and I, I, it wasn't Dixon and Pavey. 
he came on as a, uh, exactly. he, he I, I came on for week. Paviel in the second half. Yeah, because I think he's that he's prolific goal scorer, but he'll work his work very hard and, and set up his strike partner. So maybe mm-hmm. from that, I presume again they're going to have Dixon for a while now, at least at the end of the end of the um, end of the well, year. Well, we don't know because Hornchurch have got an FA Trophy tie uh, at Tunbridge on Tuesday. Oh, I see. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So that's where it becomes interesting. Um, I, I mean, I thought I thought Dixon's all-round play was really good. And bear in mind that the, the bloke's 35. He didn't actually look any less sprightly than he did when he was 22, or yeah. when he was playing for Gillingham and Charlton. So I thought he played, I thought he was a real handful, a real threat. He set up the goal. He was lively. He was quick. He had some lovely touches about him, but he didn't take his chances. So it, it is a difficult conundrum because all four of those strikers that Steve King has got bring something to the team. But it's just a matter of finding the right two to put them up front at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, and he's got to get that right because you don't want to get miss lose chances with the, from there. Will he try to bring somebody else in? Interesting. He's got Pavey for a month, see how it goes. But he hasn't been fit for a while, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how it goes on there. Interesting times. What was the? Um, how was it going in with crowds, John? It was. Well organized? Yeah, it, was good. It, it was fairly well organised. Yeah, I thought, I thought the stewards. Um, did quite a good job you know they made sure everybody was sitting in the right seats obviously it was a lot harder to police in the terraced areas uh eastbourne actually got approval to have a lot more supporters in than they than they did i think their safety certificate was for around a thousand i was told um but they decided to cap it at 500 uh for the game on saturday just to see how it all went and i was chatting to a couple of people there and the conversation was along the lines of well, it's difficult because people will stand where they want to stand. And it and it has to be said at the final whistle, there was a big throng of people behind the goal uh, celebrating their victory. And I, I kind of was like, well, you can't blame them. It's been nine months, isn't it, since they were last there to mm. to see their, their team in action. And, and they played well and, you know, they, they won the game. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a good chance. It was any the first time. Did you see any? There weren't. No, not that I'm aware of. If they were, they were very quiet when Dartford scored. Um, but it's it's just one of those, isn't it? It's it's it is a tough old uh, it's it's a tough old scenario. But for me, uh, and Steve King has got his reservations, which he he has spoken about. He says it's not fair that fans are allowed in. That he, he kind of said we're not allowed to have fans, but everybody else is. We're not allowed to get the money in from fans, but everybody else is. And everyone else is still getting the grants. Yeah. So I can kind of see him saying it's not fair, but he did sort of grudgingly admit it was nice to see some, some faces there, but he just wishes it was, it was the same for everyone. Yeah. I, I think um, that, that's going to come up for a lot of teams. I would have thought if they're getting the money, especially on, on ones we cover on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would have thought there'd be some sort of moaning and, you know, certain people from that. So, it's a it's a difficult one. So, but again, I, I can see I can see his gripe on that, and it'll be I can't see it changing for a while, to be honest. No, so um, we shall see what happens with that. But uh, Welling also returned to action on Tuesday night after their COVID break. Uh, they drew 1-1 at Boss Broadley Quinton's former club, Braintree Town. While Tom and Angels tried to pay to Chippenham, were losing to Chippenham, but Fog curtailed the fixture. At least they're finding new ways not to complete home games in 2020 anyway. Uh, supporters who are paid for the live stream of that game are being refunded, uh, thankfully. Uh, no game for the Darts this weekend, but Ebb Street returned to action after their COVID break. They're at home to have an Waterloo so a few familiar faces for them to see. Uh, Maidstone are at home to Braintree. Tunbridge Angels go to High Flying St Albans. And there will be supporters when Welling hosts Chippenham. Then in midweek, of course, those teams will face those FA Trophy games that we mentioned earlier. Now, two weeks ago, moving on, we mentioned uh, what we we're about to talk to. And then we completely forgot about it last week. Uh, but Matt, you have a book to tell us about. Yeah, but we were kindly sent um, a football grounds in Kent. It's a visual history by Mike Float. So if you're a fan of Kent football, you would be because you're listening to this pod and the history of the grounds that have gone in. This is the book to you. It's a a really good book. Um, It's got taken in 25 years of research. I think he's he's a fan of football grounds. So he's been to many grounds across his time. And we've had some historic grounds and stands in Kent and he's put this in this lovely book with over 450 photos and uh, it gives you real interesting facts about the old grounds and I was looking at the Watling Street when I went 
Dartford and uh, Maidstone Road where they used to play and things like that. The grounds I've been to, a bit about Central Park, how that came about when they um, went for it, didn't they? Big stands from there. And of course, my spiritual home, Crabble, of when they used to play down the bottom. Um, so it's a really, if you're into this, it's a really interesting read, some really interesting facts about why they left the ground and why they moved to ground and how many grounds that clubs have got. And so it's obviously done a lot of research into it. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, pictures going back from all the years and, you know, Cityborne's old grounds and Dartford's new ground and how it all comes about, really. And if you're a fan of Kent football or if you're a bit of a ground hopper, it really is a really fantastic book it's a real quality book the pictures are, are really really come you know come to the fore on this and some of them are quite sad as well when you look at them now they've been overgrown or they've burnt down but a really really good book and i would really recommend it to somebody well christmas is coming so i'd imagine you've probably still got time uh, to get it in i've been i am reliably informed uh, that if you search football grounds frenzy without any spaces that brings up the online shop where the book can be bought. Uh, if you add spaces or even add in the word Kent, it brings up a, a cover which has a red, a book which has a red cover, uh, which has predated this one. Uh, so it is a, a black cover, the book you've got. Is that right? Black one, yeah. It says on there, if you can buy it from footballgroundsfrenzy.onlineweb.shop, you can do it from there. So it's very nice of Mike, who's uh, based in saltburn by the sea i don't know where that is, is that... i know exactly where that is because i actually have a very good friend who lives there where is it then well it is uh in redcar and cleveland it's not far from darlington right. um so uh and my friend mark welford who you don't know uh i've funny enough written the word saltburn by the sea today on a christmas card uh to send to my friend mark and uh, his lovely wife sophie and their and their young child leo uh so yes i know exactly where that is it is just um yeah, so if you're heading from Darlington, you sort of head towards Middlesbrough. It's in between the two. All right. So he's, he's written some other, he's covered non-league grounds across the southeast area and bits and pieces. And there's a little bit about him in the front of the book. So, uh, yeah, a really, really, really good book. So I would recommend that for, if you're thinking about somebody for um, a Christmas present who likes Kent non-league football, it's a really interesting read. Favourite night kind of this. I'm, I'm going to give shout to my dad because he'll be some of these grounds when he was a young lad. He'll know a lot more than me, but it's a fascinating read. So um, really, really good. And things about Margate and Ramsgate I didn't know nothing about. So really fantastic book. Well done, Mike. And thanks for sending it. We really appreciate that. Can I hope that um, you get some sales off the back of this? Don't forget we're having 10 percent. And oh, no, we didn't agree that, did we? Um, no, thank you very much, uh, Mike. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Matt's enjoyed the book. And hopefully if Matt and I are ever allowed to see each other in person again, maybe I'll get the chance of a glance at it as well. Uh, but yeah, so that is Football Grounds Frenzy. Uh, search for it on Google without any spaces and you will find it. And the book has a black cover. Uh, so well done, Mike. And thanks for sending us the book. Uh, the big news, obviously, last week on the podcast was our discussion about eggs and the poll has finished and I am delighted to say that 57.4% of people agree with me that the yolk is the best bit of the egg at 31.5% like equally and only 11.1% prefer the white it's a small sample but I now view just over 11% of the population in a very different light disappointed that's all I really want to say from that. So um, I was disappointed well, with the Brexit. I was disappointed with the Brexit vote. And I'm disappointed with that, and that's my political stance on the egg situation. How unusual for the Whites to lose something related to Kent football, Matt? I'm not happy. Move on. <laughs> uh, what else you been up to this week then? Eating egg whites. Uh, uh, got Scott check for me dinner tonight. Oh, nice. Mark from Marks says I haven't made it well. Uh, what been up to? Not a lot really. Um, working. Um, not much else. I watched the I watched the uh, Star Is Born, the film oh, right. on Amazon, the one with Lady Gaga in. Yep. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was an excellent film. Good music, good film. Um, that's about it. I've been going to bed at nine, <laughs> so uh, nothing on the telly. Um, so waiting for the countdown to Christmas, really. Yeah, we've just finished the first series of The Crown. We're watching that. Oh. Um, I cooked something last week that was called Cock and Ball. Um, <laughs> which was from a, a recipe book, uh, but it was really nice. Actually, it was like chicken and beef strips together um, with like uh, onions, mushrooms, 
bit of beef stock uh, and cream cheese. And uh, it was very nice. So we, we enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, not a lot else going on. I'm working my last week of work for you know, the foreseeable future at the moment. So just keeping busy. Uh, so we're, I suppose that kicks off back in March, does it? February, March? Uh, February time, yeah. So should be back in the, in the hot seat in February uh, after. It's been, I mean, it's been a, a long I think pretty much the last two months I've worked, I've done a shift every single week. So uh, I'm I presume not... that will carry on when the World Cup qualifiers and that kicks off their playing. Yeah, it's days. all going to be. And there's the under 21 championships as well. So that's something that we that we work on. Um, so yeah, a bit exciting times actually. I, I do really enjoy that uh, that little side side job that I have. Although it's probably pretty. I've had I've actually had full time jobs that have paid less than that, but uh, that's that's by the by. But no, yeah, it's all. It's a good little earner then, half a day. It's all right, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it all right. Yeah. Howdy's getting on, alright, Z. Yeah, yeah, we'll be working tomorrow, so uh, yeah, I'll have a chat with him. He's, he said some days it's he, he did actually say that some days it's the best job he's ever had. Other days, like last week when the system collapsed for an hour, it's not so much fun. Uh, but that's uh, the same for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, so just as I say, I, I said this morning I couldn't believe how quickly Christmas was coming around, and we've got a very Christmassy day next week. So I'll tell you all about that. Uh, on next week's show um but yeah we're just we're just trying to make things happen the b is fairly quiet we're just trying to get by some discussion about whether i should wrap up christmas presents or not because hey says she's quite happy to have them in the boxes but i'd probably rather wrap them uh but we shall see how we go anyway we've prattled on for a long yeah. time now with our three interviews as next well week, no, well not even matches next week is there well a few matches over this weekend so i don't know what we're going to do interview and, and the games on tuesday of course in the fa trophy so yeah it could be just mouse waffling or it could be phoning people up first thing Wednesday morning and seeing what happens. But uh, we shall see what happens with that. Anyway, don't forget to get in touch with us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well by searching Kent Only Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at JohnPhipps81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Other social medias are available. We're just not on them. Um, But yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to all of our guests uh, for joining us this week. Uh, Well done to Deal Town as well uh, for for getting through. And, And obviously good luck to Stansfeld who play on Saturday. Uh, one of very few games, uh, well, f- from our point of view, the only game outside of the elite level. So massive good luck to them. We'll keep an eye on how they get on on Saturday against Flackwell Heath. Uh, and in the meantime, look after yourselves, be kind to each other, and we will speak to you all next week. Woking at Christmas. That sums up 2020 in a sentence. <laughs>